We continue to read from the Gospel of Matthew today, chapter 25, verse 1 begins, Then the kingdom of heaven will be like this. Ten bridesmaids took their lamps and went to meet the bridegroom. Five of them were foolish and five were wise. When the foolish took their lamps, they took no oil with them, but the wise took flask of oil with their lamps. As the bridegroom was delayed, all of them became drowsy and slept. But at midnight there was a shout, Look, here is the bridegroom, come out to meet him. Then all those bridesmaids got up and trimmed their lamps. The foolish said to the wise, Give us some of your oil, for our lamps are going out. But the wise replied, No, there will not be enough for you and for us. You had better go to the dealers and buy some for yourselves. And while they went to buy it, the bridegroom came And those who were ready went with him into the wedding banquet, and the door was shut. Later the other bridesmaids came also, saying, Lord, Lord, open to us. But he replied, Truly I tell you, I do not know you. Keep awake, therefore, for you know neither the day nor the hour. This is the word of God for the people of God. There are lots of details in this parable Jesus tells in this passage from Matthew. But I think the most shocking part begins in verse 10. If you still have your Bible open, look with me there again. Jesus is saying that they have been preparing and then the bridegroom comes, but some were out of oil. And in verse 10 says, and while they went to buy it, the bridegroom came and those who were ready went with him into the wedding banquet and the door was shut. The door was shut. Some are in and some are left out. As I read this passage this week, thinking that the bridegroom represents Christ and the bridesmaids representing us or the church, I didn't like the parable very much. I thought, I really don't want to preach on this. I mean, I prefer those where there's a big dose of grace at the end and everybody's welcome and there's a party. But that's not what this one says. I was really struggling until I read one of our Bible scholars who said we must remember there are different kinds of parables, particularly two different types he said we should think about. One represent God's grace and others represent justice. And we need to hear both sides of that story, he said. Two kinds of parables. Grace and justice. Or you could say one kind of parable emphasizes God's gracious initiative toward us and the other our response to God's offer. How are you responding to this gracious offer from God? The ones that are full of grace are more fun i think like the prodigal son i mean he makes mistake after mistake he goes awry here he goes awry there he says goodbye to everything he's been taught he violates about everything his parents would have wanted him not to do he does anyway and at the end he recognizes he's made these big mistakes and he comes back home to his father And the parable ends with his father embracing him and not only welcoming him back home, but throwing a big party and saying, oh, he was lost, but now he's found. It gives me chills just telling you the story again. 
That's a fun kind of parable, this God of love that overwhelms us and has this steadfast love and unending grace. And yet Jesus tells a different kind today. It's one that has to do with justice or cause and effect or logical consequences. If you do not plant, you do not harvest. If you do not listen, you will not hear. If you're not paying attention, you're going to miss something. It's logical consequences. This parable we've read today is one of those parables that is logical consequences. If you're not ready to go at the right time, you don't get to go. I mean, if you don't get on the bus before it leaves the station, you don't get to make the trip. Logical consequences, cause and effect. It's the wisdom of life. You'll notice in this parable and others, Jesus always talks about, often talks about the wise and the foolish. The wise are the ones who understand how life works. This parable is saying our choices in life do make a difference. Your choices in life make a difference. We don't all make the same choices. Our choices shape our characters, form our lives, take us in certain directions. And we know that this is also being applied especially to faith because in that very first verse we read, Jesus started like this, then the kingdom of heaven will be like this. And then he tells us that short story. He's saying your decisions in life about faith and your relationship with God are going to make a difference in terms of how you experience your life. Are you making decisions that fuel your faith? Are you making choices that fuel your spiritual growth? To use the image from the parable, are you keeping oil in your lamp so that it's burning and shining bright? You know, some people, before the year ever begins, decide they're going to be in worship every Sunday. Others don't make that decision. Some decide they're going to pray every day. Others don't. Some decide they're going to cultivate generosity in their lives. They're going to look for opportunities to give. Others don't. We don't all make the same decision. This parable's telling us it makes a difference what we decide. Some people are always looking for a place to serve, a person to help. Not everybody's thinking that way. Jesus says our choices in life and our choices about faith and our relationship to God make a difference. Are you keeping oil in your lamp? Are you doing things that fuel your spiritual growth, that deepen your relationship with God, that help you be fully grounded in the love of God and be ready to share that with others? If not, if not, Jesus says, something else happens, right? He tells the story that they all had lamps, but some were better prepared. And when he came, he gets to verse 10. Some go to buy more oil. And he said, right then the bridegroom came 
And those who were ready went with him into the wedding banquet, and the door was shut. But it gets worse. Not only are some left out, but in verse 11, later the other bridesmaids came also saying, Lord, Lord, open to us. But he replied, truly, I tell you, I do not know you. Not only is the door shut, but now he's saying, I don't even know you. It sounds so harsh to our ears that are looking for grace. But we need to remember parable about logical consequences. Your choices make a difference. And Jesus has already given us a clue before he tells this parable. Matthew's recorded it way back in chapter 7. You know, in Matthew's gospel, there's a large block of teaching covers several chapters chapter 7 is part of that where jesus does one teaching after another but he gives us a clue to this whole parable back in chapter 7 in verse 21 he uses similar language listen to what he says not everyone who says to me lord lord will enter the kingdom of heaven but only the one who does the will of my father in heaven only the one who does the will of my Father in heaven. How does Jesus know you? By the fact that you are one who does the will of the Father. You are the one who are acting on his instructions and guidance. You are the ones who are following. He says you are the wise ones if you hear what I teach and then act upon it. He goes on in verse 24 and chapter 7 to illustrate that further. He says, everyone then who hears these words of mine and acts on them will be like a wise man who built his house on rock. The rain fell, the floods came, and the winds blew and beat on that house, but it did not fall because it had been founded on rock. And what's the rock? Those who have acted on his teaching, right? Those who are following his destruction, who are living out their life, following the way of Christ. But he goes on, and everyone who hears these words of mine and does not act on them will be like a foolish man who built his house on sand. The rain fell, the floods came, and the winds blew and beat against that house, and it fell, and great was its fall and we're back to the wise and foolish we're back to our choices or our response to god's love that's been offered to us through christ jesus are we responding in a way that we are saying we believe that christ is the way that god is revealing things to us through jesus christ and we want to follow Jesus knows or recognizes the wise ones because they follow his teaching. They act on his directions, even if he is delayed. Even if he's delayed. Remember, that's the context for this whole story. In verse 5, it has already told us the bridesmaids are ready, but then it says the bridegroom was delayed. And then they fall asleep. They lose interest. They're not paying attention. They're out of oil. They're not prepared. And the crisis sets in, and the rest of the story unfolds. 
Surely when Jesus first told this story, they were remembering that he started his ministry by saying, Repent, for the kingdom of heaven has come near. And they would have heard this as a parable of be prepared. It's right here. Are you ready to follow when it comes near you? But again, our Bible scholars help us here. They say, now remember, when Matthew was writing this gospel, it's been decades. Decades have passed since Jesus first told this story. They thought everything was going to change for the good, but it's not really gotten better. The Roman occupation has gotten worse. Jerusalem has been devastated. The temple has been torn down. And now we have those who are thinking that Jesus is the one and they're waiting for him to come back in his fullness to line up everything on earth the way it is in heaven. And it's not happened yet. And some were thinking that none of us will die before he comes again. And some of the brothers and sisters have started to die. What are we to do? Well, those hearing this parable would have heard it with new ears. It would have new meaning for them. It raises the question, how do we live when life does not unfold as we expect? When we're expecting one thing and it doesn't happen, how do we respond as people of faith? Do we still believe? Do we believe that Christ is the way, that Christ is the way to life, so we continue to follow, or do we drift? Do we begin to question? Do we begin to neglect our living as faithful Christians? Are we attentive to the things of God? Are we attentive to the teachings of Christ? If we're living like these hearing at the time of this writing would have been hearing, we're living in the meantime. We're waiting for this other coming, this second coming, if you will, for Christ's coming in the fullness of time. It hasn't happened yet. Do we remain faithful? I've been encouraging you to think about your giving, to consider what the Bible teaches about giving first to God, giving 10%. Seems like a big number if you've never tried it. It seems out of order. But the Bible says it's a blessing, that it's a wise 